I'm having a goddamn blast on tour with this Big Mouth and a Small Town tour. So I've added some dates and wanted to let you know where I'm headed next. Uh, yeah, March 14th, I will be in Lakeside, Arizona. And then the 15th and 16th, I'm finally coming to Tucson. So if you're in Tucson, I'm coming to Laughs Comedy Cafe. Get your tickets. We're going to have a good time. My good friend Noah Koffer will be featuring at those shows. He'll also be with me the following weekend when I come to Grand Rapids, Michigan. Dr. Grins, I cannot wait to see you guys again. Those are always some of my favorite shows, and I'm sure this year will be no exception. And then I am headed up to my home state of Alaska for the Alaska Before You Die Fest. Anchorage, you better not fucking sit on these tickets. They're going fast. There's a few left. Uh, April 5th, I will be doing shows at the Gumbo House. It's downtown. I'm doing an early and a late show, one night only. It's an intimate venue, so tickets are limited. It's going to be out of control. If you've come to my show at Coots before, you know how fun they are. This venue is so much better for comedy. I can't even explain it. Just get fucking tickets. These shows are going to be wild. And then on the 6th, I'm headed down to Homer. Homer, Alaska. I am coming, performing there for the first time. Alice's Champagne Palace. And then on the 7th, I will be in Seward, Alaska. So Anchorage, Homer, Seward. We're having a goddamn good time. I'm going to come kill at all those shows because I'm a fucking Alaskan assassin. Am I sorry I said that? I don't know. Listen. Dayton, Kentucky, 12th of April. If you are in the Cincinnati-ish area, Dayton, Ohio, Dayton, Kentucky, this is your chance to see me at a really cool new venue called the Commonwealth Sanctuary. And then I am headed to Portland, May 3rd. I'm headlining the Rip City Comedy Festival. I will be at McMenamin's Mission Theater. You guys, this is a cool theater. We want it to be packed out because, of course I want it to be packed out, but also like, Let's have a goddamn good time in this nice, beautiful theater. So come to that. It's going to be a hell of a time. I can't wait to come back to Portland. And then Wisconsin. I'm headed back your way. But this time I'm coming to Janesville, May 17th and 18th. Green Bay on the 19th. And then what up, Florida? St. Pete, Tampa. I'm coming your way. Uh, Tampa, I will be there June 2nd. And St. Pete, um, they're ahead of that, uh, May 31st. Tampa, I'm at Side Splitters. And if you go to the links in all of my bios or go to their website to get tickets, for a limited time, you can use the code JMS and get $5 off tickets. And wherever you are, I'm trying to get people to buy tickets early instead of waiting to the last minute and making me panic so that if it is going to sell out, it sells out faster so that I know that, the club knows that, maybe we can add a second show. Just FYI, that helps every artist that you're a fan of. So if you can ever buy ASAP, go ahead and do that. Uh, So that's your incentive to buy early in Tampa. And uh, uh, I'll be adding more dates soon. If you did not hear your town, but you want me to come there, head over to my Instagram, instagram.com slash jmscomedy or just at jmscomedy if you're using the app like most of us. Uh, click the link in my bio, join my email list. That lets me know where you guys are so I know what areas want to come see me. Uh, so do that. I can't wait to get to more cities. I'm having so much fucking fun on the road. You guys have been amazing. People have been buying merch. These audiences have been out of control, good, just electric, laughing, having a blast. And I know all these upcoming shows are going to be no exception. So I will see you there jmscomedy.com slash shows to get your tickets. Tell your friends. Tell your enemies. We're going to have a fucking good time either way. So thanks for listening to this little promo. Enjoy this episode. Ta-ta, idiots.
What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. What kind of ignorant shit is that? At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. You idiot, you fool! Hey, dummy! This is the Ignorance is Blessed podcast. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. Hey, idiots. Welcome back to Ignorance is Blessed. I'm your host, Jessica Michelle Singleton, and we've got an amazing episode for you today. We being me and my guest. I'm super excited for this one. I think it's pretty appropriately timed. Beginning of the year, a lot of us are trying to figure out health stuff and take better care of ourselves. So what luck. I got to sit down with Hannah Aylward, who is the creator, founder of H-A-N, Hannah Aylward Nutrition, obviously, it's her name. But it's got an incredible program. Uh, to Lots of resources, first of all. And, th- and she has a whole gut reset program, which is amazing. And apologies if you can hear the squeak in the background. I have the lovely Susan, who you all know, Steph Tolov's dog, staying with me while Steph is on the road in Pittsburgh this weekend. So if you're in Pittsburgh and you happen to hear this, go see her. Uh, that's neither here nor there. She just has so much information about the gut and she talks about some myths uh, and some things that like we don't realize are the gut. Uh, I mean, man, people, we really are in general not that knowledgeable about how much the gut contributes to our overall health. And so this was really eye-opening for me and I hope it is for you. Uh, Yeah. Uh, she's linked in the show notes if you want to go follow her her program's linked and you know I'm not going to drone on and on this is a great one it's uh you know I'm trying to take care of my health I hope you guys are trying to take the best care of yourselves you can Uh, it was cool and encouraging to know that there is hope out there for a lot of people who have things that I think probably feel nearly hopeless or like that it's inevitable like what you know whatever's going on with him it's never going to go away she definitely touched on some things that I think we all think are you know that's just the way it is and you have it and that's that so that was really interesting um without further ado I am not gonna I'm not gonna say anything else but I just hope you enjoy this and if you do the one more thing I'll say don't forget to join the Facebook group Start a conversation. Are you changing up your diet? Have you had gut issues? Were you interested in something she said? Did it really stick out to you? And also, if you haven't already, please take a second and subscribe, rate, and review wherever you're listening to podcasts right now. And of course, as a reminder, the video's up on YouTube. I put video up on YouTube for these things now. Please go over there. Check those out. Honestly, if you're not a YouTube person, if you could just do me a favor, go over there, subscribe, help me get my numbers up so that People who are YouTube people are more likely to find it. That would be super helpful. But I know I've already asked for a lot. And I appreciate all of your time and generosity. And all right, I'm shutting the fuck up. You guys, enjoy this wonderful episode with the incredible Hannah Aylward. Hi, everybody. I am here today with an incredible guest. She is a certified holistic health coach and founder of Hannah Aylward Nutrition. Surprise, it's Hannah Aylward, everybody. Hi, I'm so excited to be here. Um, I am so excited to have you. We are going to be talking today all about healing our gut health, about nutrition and digestion and how our gut is connected to our brain. And I would love to squeeze in a little bit about bloating because if my listeners are anything like me, it drives them up the wall. (laughs) Um, 
But before we dive in and I pick your brain apart about all these incredible things, um, I would love to know, could you tell the listeners and everyone uh, a little bit about how you got started on your nutrition journey? Yes, absolutely. So, you know, I think a lot of the people in the field get, get into the field because they need, they need the help, right? So, um, <laughs> yes. I was on the struggle bus hard with really, really bad digestive issues. And I felt like I struggled with what I ate and how my body reacted for like most of my life. I was like, I lived in a body that I was just fighting. Nothing, nothing was easy. I was like controlling the food that I ate to try to look a certain way. And my body didn't look like other people's. And it was just, it was very negative. It was, it was not, it didn't start out very positive. Fortunately, <laughs> positive, but That's it was good. kind of, yeah, it kind of a, kind of a nightmare situation, you know, like restricted dieting, um, over-exercising and just like feeling like I'm at war with my body. Nothing works. It's not easy. I have to fight it all the time. And um, all of this like stress and, and restrictive dieting and all of that really kind of contributed to these underlying gut issues. I had no idea what that even meant then. All I knew was that I looked six months pregnant after eating an apple. So I was just like, what is going on? I'm eating healthy. Everyone's like, I eat healthy than, healthier than all my friends. You know, I'm exercising and I'm still losing my period, totally bloated, reacting to lots of foods. And, you know, that's really what got me focused on the gut and, and the, the idea of gut health, realizing that like something deeper was really going on that I wasn't understanding. Um, and I was just throwing like elimination diets and taking out foods and taking out and, and, you know, really adding in more and more restriction without understanding that like, oh, there's actually like deeper imbalances in my gut that are contributing to all of these symptoms. So that's when I kind of became just like obsessed with it, honestly. And and dove in and um, became a certified holistic health coach and was mentored by different people and, you know, worked for functional medicine practice and really started to understand, like, honestly, at the root of anything and everything is your gut. So that's when I really started to focus on that. And then I, and then I saw that all of these other women felt the same way. So I was like, rise up. <laughs> yes. I'm sure like, especially the, the women listening are no stranger to, uh, you know, on top of having the struggle of like the feeling of your body and, and things you're eating, setting things off. We of course also have this inundation of like being image obsessed and like oh, yeah. the amount of, you know, crash diets. And as you said, like random elimination diets for, you know, th with the goal of main, like attaining a certain look, let alone a feeling is, uh, extremely relatable, but a, um, not, but, I just, I guess, and a light bulb that went off for me just now, when you were talking about eating like healthy and still experiencing bloating, cause I'm sure there's so many people out there listening who have been like, okay, well, you know, it didn't shock me when I would eat, you know, a ton of pasta and was a little bloated. I was like, that's that. But now I'm eating, as you said, like an apple, I'm eating clean and I'm still seeing this bloating. Yeah. Um, what? is that <laughs> the hell is going on? <laughs> yes. It's a, it's a big juicy question. And I talk, I talk out a lot about the restricted diets because I think that so many women have struggled with them and it, it kind of sets off this pattern and this, and this relationship with food that then becomes what else can I take out? It becomes negative, right? As opposed to like, I eat to feel really good and feel energized and to be healthy. It's like, what else do I need to pull away? What else do I need to take out? What, what can I cut? What can I cut? What can I cut? 
And um, the reality is that when there are these underlying imbalances in the gut microbiome, so for example, something like gut dysbiosis, which is really just an imbalance in our gut microbes, we're going to react to tons of foods. And like, it's not the apple's fault at this point, <laughs> it's not the broccoli, it's not the onion. It's the fact that we've got an imbalance in these bacteria. And I just like want to scream that from the rooftops because so many women just keep peeling things out. Right. So before you know it, they're, they ha they're eating like five foods. Right. And, and wow. that is not what we want. Not, not okay. Um, physically based on like nutrition, but, but also like mentally and emotionally, it's like not, not where I want anyone to live. You know, my goal is always to get our clients to the point where they ha maintain a good, healthy, healthy lifestyle, and they can go out for a slice pizza and a glass of wine, and they aren't paying for it for three days. You know, what I mean? <laughs> wrecked. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. So, so these underlying imbalances that contribute to bloating <clears throat> can be so many different things, honestly. Gut dysbiosis is a huge is a huge one that we see. Um, parasitic infections, Helicobacter pylori infections, um, fungal overgrowth, or like candida. Candida kind of gets like thrown around. People have heard of it. Yeah, um, I've definitely. That's the one I've heard of. The rest, I'm like, what? What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, candida is really like a fungal overgrowth, um, which will cause tons and tons of symptoms, like food reactions, um, acne, skin rashes, bloating, constipation, you, you name it. It's not pleasant. Chron chronic like yeast infections, recurring yeast infections and things like that. Um, so there's all these underlying imbalances like within our gut microbiome. And when I say microbiome, I just mean the, the ecosystem of microbes that exist in our gut, like bacteria, fungi, archaea, parasites. We have all of those things naturally. When things kind of like get out of balance, for lack of better phrasing, yeah. that's when we run into issues. And then the other big thing that contributes here too is maldigestion. So like before the food's even hitting our gut microbiome, we're not breaking it down efficiently. And now oh. we'll what, okay. I have a bunch of questions that I'm sure people are having pop up. Yeah. Um, this is, I mean, it's so much great information, but immediately uh, the way you ended that what would be causing things to not get broken down before they even hit our stomach? Yes. Yeah. So digestion is really a North to South process. So very often, you know, you hear about digestion or you're bloating and you're like, cool, like I got to take a probiotic. Right. And that couldn't be, can be helpful, but a probiotic is really supposed to hopefully end up in your large intestine, which is like one of the last stops on the train. So digestion starts in the brain, really our nervous system. It's a nervous system regulating process. Then our mouth, we have to chew our food, right? We don't have teeth anywhere else in our GI tract. Hopefully. Um, and then, yes, exactly. Honestly, <laughs> you probably help a lot of people, but <laughs> then, then we're really relying on these digestive juices. We're relying on stomach acid, bile secretion, and, and the uh, release of pancreatic enzymes. And these are what actually break down our food, right? Wow. So before it's hitting our microbiome, all of this other stuff has to be kind of optimized or we're just going to be spinning our wheels. Wow. Okay. So does like, is there truth in the, the fact that you need to chew your food either slower or more? Cause I've heard those things, but I think I always heard them in some sort of like 1950s diet article type of way. They're like lose 10 pounds by chewing every bite a hundred times. But is there right. truth to like the like chewing process helping? Yeah. You? 
Absolutely. Yeah. I think, I think the diet industry is kind of like chew it. So you get full faster or something. Um, so your stomach has time to like register, which yeah. I mean, can be helpful for just like gastric capacity and not like overloading your system, but, yeah. um, way less about calories and more about like the mastication process that is chewing is literally mechanically breaking down these food particles into smaller bits that then your digestive juices can work on as opposed to swallowing like a whole piece of steak. And then you're yeah. after that, you're really, you're really reliant on those juices to kind of take care of the rest of it. So the chewing, chewing every bite to like applesauce consistency is something that we recommend to clients. Wow. That's so interesting to know. And I'm sure that, uh, I mean, I'm definitely thinking to myself and how disgusting I am with my food. Like if I'm, especially if I'm eating alone, forget it. I'm just like, it's amazing that I struggle to swallow a pill or a probiotic. And yet the way I eat a cheeseburger or something, you know, will just be like a snake, (laughs) which I kind of have known. But the other day, this is just such a side tangent, but whatever I'm saying it. The other day I was chewing food on Instagram stories or somebody was talking about something and somebody commented, they're like, you just ate that whole, like, (laughs) and I was like, okay, I took two, I had two bites, but yeah, it's such a funny thing. I think in a world where we're like, so many of us are go, go, go. It's easy to just like not be mindful with our eating. And we just like try to throw something back thinking, well, I need the calories for energy. And it's like, okay, but are you going to get the energy properly? Are you going to put yourself out of whack later by not, you know, taking a moment. So that's just, yeah, exactly. Interesting. It's really like people say you are what you eat, but it's more so like you are what you digest and absorb. Like what can your body actually take from the food that you're eating? Cause when we've got all these digestive issues and bloating and um, constipation and all of this kind of like this gut dysfunction, we're not even absorbing the stuff that we're eating efficiently. And then we're exhausted because we're not getting the nutrients from the food that we're eating. So it's, I I always say like, if you're going to eat healthy and you're going to put in all that effort, like we want to make sure you're getting your bang for your buck, you know? Yeah, no, a hundred percent. Cause it's like, what's the, you know, if you're not getting what you're trying to get out of, it's like, yeah, sure. There are foods that are more delicious, but if you're already eating the food that you're like, fine, I'll have a salad. You might as well do it properly. So at least you're getting out of it yeah what you want and that's not to you know I love a good salad but I know that that was a hard-earned for me it took a while to be like oh these can be good if you just make them differently Uh, (laughs) right right turns out loose lettuce uh is not the key to a good salad um (laughs) I want to back up a little because I realized when you said candida and I was like oh I'm familiar with that I also have the uh uh, privilege of having a, an autoimmune disease. So I, I definitely went down a rabbit hole and realized that like, oh, that's why I've heard of that is I was communicating with another, you know, woman about dealing with our chronic health and how other things can be tied into causing our autoimmune flare-ups. So uh, for probably the many people who are not familiar, could you talk about candida a little bit and what that is? Yeah. So candida is really a type of fungus and we have it, it's naturally occurring within the gut microbiome. We run into issues when it overgrows. And there are a couple of things that can like cause it to overgrow, like heavy use of antibiotics or birth control use or um, low immune function or like mold exposure. Those are kind of some of the top causes that we see, but it's kind of, we all have some of it and our gut microbiome is kind of like keeping it in check. We have our gut, our gut immune system. We've got all of our good gut bacteria and they're kind of like maintaining the ecosystem, right? So it's not that all of it is bad. It's just that when it tends, when it starts to overgrow, we get very symptomatic. Like I would say 
our clients with candida are they're they're in a lot of discomfort like it's not it's not fun um it can look like oral thrush it can look like toe fungus because it, it's a fungus right so it can give you all of these different symptoms that aren't even digestive related wow um, but it can also it's a big underlying cause of acne that like won't go away with any topicals um we see you know gut issues are like at the core of a lot of these acne cases so we'll see people with acne and rosacea psoriasis eczema a lot too um dealing with underlying gut issues like that's very very common so if anyone listening is like i've tried all the topicals I, I take care of my skin i wash my face i do all this and it's not budging like you're, you probably have a gut issue so it's time to investigate that but that's good because we can make such a difference you know and and you'll feel better in like a million different ways when once we take care of it but it's really yeah this fungal overgrowth and it messes with our gut gut environment and can contribute to many different symptoms, food sensitivities, lots of food reactions, um, big brain fog and like big sugar and carbohydrate cravings. So sometimes people are like, I have such strong cravings, like I cannot fight them. And it's not really their willpower. It's like the candida because it feeds on sugar. So it craves sugar. So you crave sugar and carbs. Oh my God, um, so it's like the little shop of horrors in your stomach. Just like, yeah, feed me. Yeah. Right. And then comes like Whoa. this- the self-shame spiral where you're like, I have no willpower and I have no motivation or whatever. When really it's not that it's like your candida and your hormones. Are yeah. It's like your body is sending off the wrong signals. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So that's like one of the imbalances that we see present. We, we catch it quite often. Um, yeah. Biggest symptoms I would say are like skin rashes. Like I see a lot of people who have been to the dermatologist and they don't really know what to tell them. And I'm like, it's a rash of some kind. And I'm like this, let's, let's look. And then it's a candida overgrowth, um, really chronic bloating, um, diarrhea, honestly, like bowel movement issues. It can really alternate between the two, but it's one of these underlying causes of like what they call IBS, which is kind of a joke and has underlying causes that we then dig into and, and find and help people through. Really? Yeah. I oh, guess yeah. I, IBS is sort of like, a to me, it always just feels like a, a label thrown on a symptom. I mean, my mom yeah. Yeah. very loudly in a very quiet restaurant not long ago was like, I've had IBS since it was called spastic colon. And I was like, I don't think <laughs> you needed to yell that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it is. Okay. Let's explore that a little, because yeah. I feel like the, the people I know who have IBS or struggle with those issues, everyone seems to just be like, that's just the way it is. Right. I, I've just got it. So what really is like yep. leading to this and, and, you know, are there things that could be done that maybe people aren't aware of that could drastically change their IBS? Cause I think people think it's a life sentence. They just go, it's just how I am. Right. Yeah. Yes. Oh goodness. I mean, <laughs> I really, I'm going to like step up on my soapbox here. Yes, <laughs> so, please. Um, IBS is, it's, it's like what I call a BS diagnosis. It's, it's a diagnosis of exclusion. So what it is, is like, Hey, we've run this test. We've you probably gotten a colonoscopy. You maybe have gotten an endoscopy. We've run some basic blood work. Everything looks normal. We don't really find anything. However, you're like, I feel like I'm dying, right? Like I'm like bloated. I'm like running to the bathroom. I'm afraid to leave the house. Like I'm afraid to walk around the block without a bathroom in sight. I mean, these yeah. are, this is some of the clients that we see, right? So, or you're reacting to lots of foods or you're exhausted or, or whatever it might be. It's probably a combination of all of those things. So it's really a diagnosis of exclusion. They're ruling out things. And then they're saying, hey, you have IBS, which basically means we don't know what's going on. <laughs> yeah, it's like fibromyalgia for your asshole. <laughs> it's, it's like, <laughs> here, you, IBS is just, it's a it's irritable bowel syndrome. And a syndrome is just a collection of symptoms. So yeah. 
it's literally, if you say your digestive symptoms are, your, my bloating is because I have IBS. It's like, you're saying your bloating is because you have bloating. It doesn't, that doesn't make any sense, right? Yeah. There's no, we haven't dug deeper and under, and, and dug into any of the root causes. And that is like the work that we do with clients. We help people with IBS, like literally every day, essentially overcome their IBS or if not minimize it by like 90%. And what it, what it comes down to is really understanding the why, right? So at my company, we, we practice like root cause care. So we're digging in to understand what is the cause of these IBS symptoms because they're just symptoms. So candida yes. can be caused. Um, small intestinal bacterial overgrowth or SIBO is a big cause of IBS. There's some research that says it's, it's responsible for like up to 80% of IBS cases to be completely honest. That's not what we see in practice. We see a lot of other stuff contributing to, I wouldn't say it's all SIBO, um, but parasitic infections, H pylori infections, maldigestion, like bile issues, gallbladder, liver issues, low stomach acid, all of these things are contributing to the picture that is that then becomes IBS. So when we work with a client, we run functional lab work to understand like the, the what underneath it all, and then address that. So essentially their IBS symptoms that they've had for like 10 years go away. <laughs> so it's really, it's really, truly amazing. And it all comes down to understanding the like what and why underneath the label that is IBS. Wow. Holy shit. No pun intended. Um, yeah, there you go. So Along with SIBO, you named like quite a, like, you know, a bunch of different things. Are there other ones that are kind of the most common culprits or is it just like such a range? Um, we see a bit, a nice combo of, of them all. Um, but gut dysbiosis, I would say we see the most, which is really just, it's a fancy term for saying like, there's an imbalance in our gut bacteria. Um, and it could, there's a couple different expressions of that. Like we can have not enough of the good gut bugs. We can have too many of um, the opportunistic dysbiotic gut bugs, we can have like histamine producing bacteria. So then mm -hmm. people have more of that histamine intolerance picture. So like, um, that can cause bloating. It can cause sinus and, uh, like runny sinuses, congestion. It can cause, um, painful periods, headaches, migraines, skin mm -hmm. rashes. So all of this stuff, I mean, I, I'm a true believer that like every symptom has an underlying gut issue. Cause that's what we see. But, um, but yeah, those, I think gut dysbiosis is one of the biggest things we see a lot of H pylori as well. Um, which is just a bacterial infection. I was just going to ask, is that like a bacteria? Are there like, are there kind of overlapping or common things either like missing from diet or like too much in diet that lead to those things? Like, are there certain foods that are big culprits? That's a great question. H. pylori is not necessarily like, it, it's kind of just an infection that you get. We've been like okay. co-evolving with the bacteria for hundreds of years at this point. It's very like widespread up to, you know, they say 55% of people have it. And it's all kind of about like whether your immune system can kind of tolerate it and regulate it or not. By the time we mm -hmm. see a client, it's impacting them because they've come <laughs> to see us, right? Yeah. So we're kind of taking care of it, but practitioners have slightly different opinions on that. For the most part, we take care of it because it's we see it causing reflux, GERD, indigestion, constipation, mm -hmm. etc. But that is more so just like an infection. You can kind of pick that up. Same goes for parasitic infections. You can kind of like pick up a parasite. You is that like the way you'd pick up a like cold? Well, really you can pick them up through like dirty water. You can pick it up in a lake. You can pick it up in uh, like a dirty, like door handle, a dirty toilet. Yeah. So, but the thing is, is that 
you know, our body has some built-in mechanisms to protect us from these things. We want nice, robust stomach acid because it helps protect us from these infections. We want good gut immunity because it helps protect us from these infections. So it's more so like when you've been living a life of like high stress, burnout, under eating, restrictive dieting, over exercising, like people pleasing, all of that kind of stuff. And then you get hit with something, your, your defenses are kind of down, right? So those things are more infections. Gut dysbiosis is more so, it can be the result of many different things, high stress, like really high cortisol levels over time. Um, a poor diet for sure can contribute to it. And then low stomach acid, because when we're under stress, like we, we don't digest our food as well as we should. Stomach acid production goes down, blood flow goes away from the GI organs. So it's like, you know, we have to look at all of this very holistically. When we work with clients, we're working on nervous system, stress, nutrient repletion, blood sugar regulation, gut infections. Like it's very comprehensive because all of these things can contribute to these, uh, these deeper imbalances. Um, and then with, with SIBO can have some underlying causes too, many different ones, one being food poisoning, but that's not everyone's case. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. But under eating, like over restriction can cause something like SIBO too. Because, Is it like, because that takes away certain like nutrients you need that help build that like good, like partially, bacteria? Partially. Yeah. So, you know, anytime we're taking out like tons of different foods and food groups, like we're going to end up with nutrient deficiencies. We're designed to eat like nice balanced meals. But the other biggest thing is that, you know, when your body doesn't feel safe and it doesn't have what it needs, things start to go haywire. So it puts your body in this state of stress. If, if we are not regulating our blood sugar and eating good balanced meals throughout the day, our blood sugar is going to crash. And when our blood sugar dips low, our body kicks out cortisol to like keep us alive. So our so body like registers that as like almost fight or flight. Like yes, stress. Yep, okay. exactly. So anything that's really putting you in that stress response, which, you know, I like to have a, a big conversation about it because it's it's mental and emotional. Yes. Like, oh my gosh, I'm caught in traffic or like my inbox is full of emails that I'll never get through or my to-do list, but it's also physical blood sugar dysregulation, under eating, over exercising, any of these things that are putting our bodies in these states of, of that fight or flight response, um, can, can stem from a, from a, that physical issue, right? Not necessarily just like, oh my gosh, I'm so stressed about my, my things I have to get done. Wow. There's things like that you can physically be doing that can set off that system. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. 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 I'm like, <laughs> my, my brain is like, Oh my God, so many questions. I want to touch on one thing that popped in my head as you were talking about, uh, certain things being bacterial infections you can, um, pick up and then we'll take a break. And when I want to come back, when I, when we come back, I do want to talk about that, like stress, like gut brain mental connection. Um, but me being not a doctor having like a, you know, basic knowledge of medicine and, and caring for myself. When you say bacterial infection, I go, okay, so antibiotics, is that how you help with stuff like that? Good question. Um, not us. No, we don't, <laughs> but, but you can, I mean, you can take uh, the, the traditional way to handle like an H pylori infection is triple antibiotic therapy. So it looks like, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so that's not how we handle it. Um, we use more natural modalities and we are not medical doctors. Like I have a team of functional registered dietitians. So we use natural supplements to eradicate these things, infections, overgrowth, 
fungal overgrowth like candida, et cetera. We're going to use more like um, natural supplements, herbs, things like that to get rid of it. And there's really effective stuff that you can use that's been proven to be just as effective as like the antibiotics that do, in my opinion, less damage, right? Yeah, they kind of go in and maybe only target the negative the thing you're trying to get rid of as opposed to, I know with antibiotics, it's just like, well, we'll just burn down the whole forest to get rid of that one tree. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I literally used this analogy early, earlier today on a call. Um, but yes, I mean, certain, certain herbs are very potent. Like don't, don't go blindly taking all these herbs, everyone listening, because you can do damage. Like they will also kill off some of your good gut bugs. You want, you want to work with someone through this truly. I, when I was like at the very beginning of my journey, trying to figure all this out, I mean, I took all of the things and what I didn't know is I was just like wrecking my gut microbiome. You were just doing like organic antibiotics at that (laughs) point. (laughs) You're just like, I chugged a whole water bottle filled with oil of oregano. I don't know why I don't feel good. Exactly. Right. And then I'm like, I have no good gut bacteria left. So then it's like, you can never recover because you've got no good stuff even available anymore. So, um, it's, I do think in overall, they do less damage, but you still want to be mindful with them. Yeah. Okay. Well, under the caveat, everyone listening that don't go taking these without consulting someone, but there, cause I know there are, you know, fad things come up where, you know, or not even necessarily fad, but things get really trendy and it's like, yeah. you know, you know, everyone starts snorting turmeric or whatever. No one's said that, but, and I know turmeric does have some positive stuff, but, um, <laughs> are there a couple that, um, you know, and again, to emphasize, make sure you speak to someone who's a professional, but like a couple that y- you could name that are really helpful when taken correctly. Yeah. We use a lot of like combination formulas. So we use a lot of, um, like broad spectrum antimicrobial formulas because these bacteria get resistant and they don't want to go away. So we like to like switch it up and, and honestly, we customize it not, we don't customize it for every single bacteria, but we customize it based on what the client has. So if there is like, um, pseudomonas overgrowth, we're going to use something specific for that. If there's a Morganella overgrowth, like sage is great for that. Um, if there's, you know, if there's a candida overgrowth, that's, then we want to use antifungals, not necessarily just antibacterials. Uh, The nice thing with herbs is there's a lot of overlap. So you can bring one in, and it can be, you know, antiparasitic, antifungal, and antibacterial, which is great, which you don't get with an antibiotic. So there are, there's tons I could list off, but honestly, like you want to kind of know what you have going on so you can then take the right thing. But there was for a while, um, like Paragard was going around TikTok, I think, and everyone was like parasite cleansing. And I was just like, please spare your gut microbiome. Like, oh, don't know. It's an intensive like antimicrobial formula. And if you're not prepped for that, like you're going to feel like you got hit by a car before if you're, if your drainage pathways aren't open, if your gut immune function isn't strong enough, like you'll feel worse because these bacteria house toxins, right? So when we're killing them off that we're like releasing more releasing. Toxins. Oh yeah. Cause that's their, like almost their defense mechanism or yeah. Wow. So it's wow. like, you just, you just want to be mindful of it, but, but yeah, I mean, you can do, you can do a quick Google search and find like different antimicrobials. It's just like dosage time and what you have going on plays like a huge, huge, huge role. Yeah. Don't just go balls to the wall. Um, yeah. before we cut to a break, I do want to ask, cause you mentioned TikTok. How often <laughs> are you getting clients that come in with some crazy thing they heard on TikTok? <laughs> mm, let's see. Honestly, I don't think 
it's that often because I think that our client is typically like they've been like on the journey for a long Yeah, they're already looking up. That's how they came across you is like they've right. Been. They they've like probably tried a lot of that stuff in the past and it didn't really do anything for them. And they've seen four gastroenterologists and like they've like really been through it. Um, they're they're kind of deep, deeper in their journey. Not everyone that we see, but but I'd say majority of our clients is kind of like, I've tried everything, you are my last resort. <laughs> and I'm like, I wish we weren't. <laughs> but I wish you would have thought of us earlier, but happy to be here. <laughs> like I'm glad we're glad you're here now. Um, yeah. That's... You know, but but it, we'll see the people ask about parasite cleansing for sure. Um, because that went like viral or something. I don't know. I'm honestly not huge like on TikTok. Um, <laughs> so I'm like, but I feel like I'm like too old or something. No, I, I know. Do. I go like, oh, I no, I'm not even getting in. I like, I have one. I post and I ghost and I'm like, all right, you know. <laughs> I just don't get your medical advice. No, my, just be, please be mindful. Like there are of course people that are helping give good information, but there are so many people just doing crazy random things, crazy content. And they're just, that is just like going to go viral. And like, you don't, you just really want to be mindful of that. Yeah. And make sure you speak to someone who is certified or professional. And it is uh, an unfortunate reality. I think, especially in Western culture in America that, uh, oftentimes a holistic approach and seeing someone who isn't in the like classic medical, you know, doctor in a all white doctor's office. That's, you know, that's the secondary approach. Like we're just almost, I would say almost brainwashed to be like, go here first when it's like the fact that people have to look at holistic medicine as like, it's kind of woo woo. And it's like, no, it's, it's actually makes a lot more sense most of the time. And it's, helping in my opinion, you know, yes. uh, <laughs> it's <Me too. laughs> treating the cause instead of, I just feel like so many doctors, you know, classic doctors, as we know them treat the symptom, as you were saying, it's like, yeah. they're putting a bandaid on something and it's like, okay, yes. well, why is there a symptom? Right. Why aren't we figuring that out? Yeah. And that's, and that's really how they're trained. Right. So it's like, yeah, I, we get, we get lots of referrals from doctors who can't help their patients and send people our way. And for that, I'm like, good doctor. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for being um, like, I, I will refer you to the person who's educated in this. Right. Like this isn't, this isn't my wheelhouse. Like we've had people come to us whose doctor has literally said like, that's not what I do. Like I'll, I can do your colonoscopy. I can do this kind of stuff, but I, I don't know how to like get rid of your bloating with like nutrition and natural supplements. I have no idea how to do that. Like, that's not something that they learn. So um, I'm like, you know, not here to hate on doctors. Of course there's good ones. And it's, it's just a big, it's just a big difference. Like I yeah. think that Western medicine is like the ultimate for like emergency. Like if oh, I yeah. had to play a car tomorrow, I wouldn't take my probiotic for it. I would, yeah, you wouldn't be like, hospital, you know, do some Reiki on me. Uh, right. I mean, that's really jumping, but yeah, yeah. You're like, give me some sage. I'll right. be fine. Your arms falling off. Right. So it's like, and that, and like, that's when you need like pain meds and drugs, you know, and that's going to like pull you through. Um, but when you're just like chronically developing something that's like, you know, IBS is like a functional gastro. So it's, it's not like life or death. You're just like, your quality of life is awful. And it's been building over time. Like that's where other modalities I think are potentially more supportive. And when you look at how doctors are taught, I mean, they're taught like these, these symptoms, Oh, what symptoms do you have? These five things, then you've got this diagnose, right? Like symptom analysis and diagnosis. And as opposed to going like, why, you know, so it's just, 
it's just really an education thing. And I think the best team is a team that where you can have the support of your doctor and you can have the support of someone else, you know, a, a more functional practitioner who can help do some digging with you. And that requires a lot more time. Like your traditional doctor's office visit is like five minutes. Yeah. And, and then they throw you out. They're like, thanks for stopping by. And you're like, right. Okay. Like, see you in six months. Like, here's yeah, your paper. Give us your out. money. Bye. <laughs> Right. Like you're lucky if your insurance doesn't give out $350 and you have no idea. Yeah. Um, you're like, hope my insurance covers this. Like, I don't even know what this costs. Like, yeah, I don't know. Cool? Remember why I'm here. Okay. Yeah. And also I feel like you go in and you're like, will my insurance cover it? And no one can really answer you. You're like, is this covered by my insurance? Like, well, and we take your insurance. Like, so we'll see. Right. You're like, okay. Then you get like a $400 bill in the mail. Um, good, good. So, you know, I have a problem with that too, but, and then, and then your stress goes up and two more <laughs> issues. And then you're calling them being like, what is going on? Like, what is this bill? Can someone please take care of this for me? Like, I and don't nobody know. has an answer. And you went in for a checkup and it's yeah. like, but, um, yeah, so that, that's another issue, you know, but I think that they're, they're good for the emergency stuff and they're told to diagnose. And when you need more time and care, like when we're working at the gut level to like truly like repair your gut microbiome, like our, our programs are longer. I mean, we're with you. We support you for four months. It's just a different, you know, it's not a paper handout kind of thing. It's yeah. like, we want to really be working with you, assessing labs, understanding symptoms, reactions, et cetera. Um, but it's not, it just, in my opinion, it just doesn't work to, to spend five minutes with someone. Like there's yeah. literally no way you actually understand what's going on. Yeah. You just, can't possibly get all the information. Um, and on that note, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, I, I want to talk about, you know, some of these things that you find, or, you know, maybe some mental and emotional brain things that lead to some of these struggles. So we will be right back, everyone. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Okay, we are back and this has just been, I mean, so much information. What I want to talk to you about, because you brought it up a little, is stress um, and how that can really impact our gut and our, our hormones. And I, um, I'm trying to think of like how I want to lead into this, but I guess as far as symptoms outside the stomach, are there other symptoms people have that a lot of times you see are tied into that, that kind of clue you into like, oh, that's actually probably also the gut and like, how are the gut and the brain connected in that way? Oh yeah. So, you know, up to 90% of all disease can be traced back to the health of the gut microbiome. So mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> when I was getting into this work, like 
you know, I had my, I, I did have physical like digestive issues, but I was seeing as I was being mentored under different modalities and working with other people that it kind of like, if we were working on your hormone health, PMS and all of that, we still need to look at the gut. If you had a skin issue, we still had to look at the gut. If you had low energy, we still had to look at the gut. So I was kind of like, if I can work on this gut stuff with people, like we can really see these symptoms fall away in a, in a, a wide variety of symptoms fall away. Right. So the biggest things that we'll see are like chronically low energy, like you're just exhausted. That's a big sign too. Uh, gut dysbiosis can cause that. And then also the malabsorption of nutrients. So once again, like if you're not where we make the energy that we, that we have through like the food that we eat. Right. So if you're not absorbing that food efficiently, then you're not going to have nice and robust energy. So we'll see a lot, a lot of our clients come in just like so depleted. And the thing that happens as well is when you have these digestive issues, you start to fear foods and you start to like eat less because you're like, there's no point. Everything just makes me feel sick. Yeah. So then it's like, it's a vicious cycle, right? Cause the nutrient deficiencies happen because you're not eating enough. And then they're also happening because you're not absorbing well. So you're just like exhausted. So that's a big thing that we see. Um, like I said earlier, skin issues, acne, eczema, um, psoriasis, rosacea, these are like big gut liver uh, issues at, at the yeah. core for most people, not a hundred percent, but I would say like 95% of people. Um, we, I have a RD on my team who's also a licensed esthetician and her like specialty is skin stuff. Um, and she had, you know, really bad acne and she did all the things. She became an esthetician. She's like, what's the deal? And at the, at, underneath it all, it was, she had a, a bad parasite, a parasitic infection. So she's like gone, gone through this process. I mean, everyone on my team has had their own story, which I think is like very helpful for yeah. clients, but, um, Skin stuff is big. Hair loss can be, can be a gut issue, any thyroid issue. So like if you have hypothyroidism or Hashimoto's, like the gut is at the center of this. You're like, um, it's like almost guaranteed. Yeah. Yeah. Cause certain gut infections like H pylori can kind of trigger that Hashimoto's expression. Um, we've seen clients, clients like that all the time. Endometriosis has a huge mm. gut component to it. So research has shown that those with, um, endometriosis have higher levels of lipopolysaccharide, which is produced by certain gut bacteria. So, um, we usually see those with endo, endo that have like just tons of gut dysbiosis. Um, what else? Skin stuff, energy, um, you see a lot of like autoimmune diseases triggered or related to gut. Yes. Yeah. I know when you said it, I was like, Oh, <laughs> so rheumatoid arthritis for those who are like, which one huge, um, huge gut component. Cause every single autoimmune condition has a gut component because up to 70 to 80% of your immune system is in your gut. So when we are having that kind of like triggering of the immune system over and over, kind of that like quote unquote, like fighting of the immune system, it's usually there's a gut permeability component to it because things are flowing through the gut lining, not in a way that they should be. And then triggering that immune system response over and over. So, um, yeah, pretty much always a gut component to really any autoimmune condition. Wow. A thing I've heard, which maybe other people listening with autoimmune or stomach issues have heard, uh, um, either thrown around or talked about or, um, leaky gut. Yep. And that term creeps me out. <laughs> uh, cause it's like, what do you mean? It's okay. And you just said something that like made that go off when you're talking about like things permeating the gut. Yep. 
okay, how does that happen? And are there certain foods or certain things right away now someone who's listening could be doing like to be exacerbating that or are there things they could be doing to make it better if that might be an issue? Yeah, totally. So, so yeah, I mean, leaky gut is just like when we have increased intestinal permeability. So our gut has an epithelial lining. Um, it also has a mucosal lining um, that we want to be nice and robust as well. But that epithelial lining is just a single cell layer thick. So it's like thinner than your fingernail. So wow. we have these tight junctions along the lining. So like these cells should be in nice and tight. You can think of like a brick wall. Everything's like nice and sealed up. When these tight junctions start to open up a little bit, they get leaky, enter leaky gut or more technically increased intestinal permeability or hyperpermeability or whatever. But what's happening in that state is that we have undigested food particles and proteins flowing through that gut lining that shouldn't be. So the gut lining is semi-permeable in nature because you absorb your nutrients, right? But we don't want it to be too permeable because then things start to flow through. And on the other side of that gut lining is your immune system. That's like, is it good? Is it bad? Cytokines, reactions, like, eh, eh, like panic. Yeah. Right. So it gets falsely triggered when, I mean, you, when you think about it, the gut lining is kind of like, it's always working to seal up and it's, and it's kind of self-healing in a sense. But if we have a bigger issue contributing to it, then at that point, once again, like it doesn't really matter what food you're eating. It's, it's flowing through where it shouldn't be. It's not being broken down efficiently. And then we've got these toxins and substances flowing through triggering that immune system response. That's when we also see lots of like food sensitivities in people and, and food reactions. Wow. Um, food sensitivities are like not a root cause. They're just the result of other stuff that's gone wrong. Wow. Um, yeah. Stress will contribute to leaky gut for sure. Trauma, childhood trauma. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. And then, um, different gut infections. So like, see, like, well, see, not an infection, but overgrowths and things like that, that are going to irritate the gut lining are also going to contribute to that. So leaky gut isn't like really a root cause on its own either. It's kind of like what caused the leaky gut. That's kind of the investigative work that we're doing with clients. It, it's never really going to exist like just on its own. Um, Gluten has been shown to create increased intestinal permeability in some people. Um, I don't think it's something that every single person needs to take out, but I would say if you have an autoimmune condition, it's probably best to take it out. Yeah, for sure. That's what I've heard. And and I say, unfortunately, because of all the bread I like, unfortunately noticed, (laughs) unfortunately, I noticed a positive result when I started not having gluten. Uh, Yeah, shoot. I mean, you said childhood trauma. Yeah. Is that because like, if you have childhood trauma, you could be having like stress responses? Yeah, pretty, pretty much. So, I mean, you know, saying childhood trauma, like it's a big thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's a big topic, right? You're like, well, I was abused. So of course I can't <laughs> eat sugar. And you're like, what? It's, it's like, it's, it's easy to be like, oh, it's just a childhood trauma. And you're kind of like, yeah, like tell me about it. But um, <laughs> everyone has a different expression and different story, you know? So it's kind of like, we can kind of group it in that way. But, and when you think about it, um, <clears throat> like, for me, for example, parents divorced, like very bad, all of that stuff and lots of instability in the home. So my nervous system, all it knows is chaos, right? All yeah. it knows is I got to tiptoe around this. Is this person happy? Walking on eggshells. Oh yeah. yeah. 
I mean, the nervous system work is a huge part of my story because I like had my fall to my knees moment where I was like, something's got to give, like, I don't know what's going on, but I I can't do this. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it it was a blessing in disguise, but very, very painful. And, and so it's like, everyone has these different kind of expressions of it, but to use myself as an example, like I have to be mindful or else I'm almost like inviting in the chaos because I feel more comfortable in the chaos. Yeah. Like you have to check yourself before you're like, cause sometimes like calmness can seem wrong because it's unsafe because you're not well yeah it's like our I mean uh, your your nervous system gets used to I just read this book um written by I can't remember the guy's name it's a doc a really great um psychologist and Oprah they like co-wrote it called what happened to you and there's a bunch of research about how uh, and I was listening I did the audio and I was listening to go going like oh so I'm just fucked but like (laughs) about how if your brain gets used to, you're used to a certain response from people. Um, when you don't get like, if, even if it's an unsafe response, if you don't get that response from someone, like the response that your brain expects, instead of going, aha, I'm safe. Your brain goes, something is not right. Yeah. And then it, and it, and it sets off the alarm bells of like, this isn't how this is supposed to happen, which creates that stress response, which I'm sure, you know, cue the cortisol and whatever else. Exactly. Gonna... Yeah. Exactly. And it's like your brain ultimately wants to keep you safe. So I think it's important to remember that all of these ways of being that like coping mechanisms, essentially that we've developed, like tiptoeing, like not speaking our needs, like perfectionism, like working ourselves into the ground to finally be worth loving. Right. Like these kept us safe at some point in our lives. Like, yeah, there's my, a reason we developed that. Exactly. Like my hyper-independence and my like hard work ethic got me love at some point in my life. So I kept, kept going with it. Right. Yeah. Like I was like, right. Like this is working. This is how so, you get that. Yes. Right. Like if I work myself into the ground, then like people say good job. So yeah, then I am worthy Then I'm worthy and I won't get like kicked out of the tribe. Right. Like yeah. I, I'm, I'll, I'm safe here. So Safety. Exactly. Like your brain and body is just trying to keep you safe. So anything that is outside of that normal response, including like um, taking a trip that you're really scared to take or or whatever, like it it can kind of manifest in different ways is going to feel uncomfortable and unsafe. So it's really like building that nervous system resiliency and having the awareness. So you can say like, oh, I know this feeling, like I don't absolutely have to be scared for my life here. Let me calm and support my nervous system in this moment. I can feel the trigger. I'm still triggered. This is still Yeah, but you can catch the fact that you're triggered. Exactly. And then, and then regulate and work, work to regulate. And there's so many gorgeous tools for that, you know? So I'm kind of like of the belief that we're always going to be working with like some of this throughout our, our lives. Um, I don't really know if it all goes away, but if you, yeah, (laughs) I'm with you where I remember having the moment of like, oh, you don't ever just like go like, well, I'm healed and I'll never feel bad. again. (laughs) Like that doesn't come. You just get better at going, Oh, I'm having the the thing where I am getting upset over. It's not really, this isn't a situation. I'm just being triggered. Exactly. Or like, oh, like this, this instance feels really intense to me, but it's actually because a very similar situation when I was four, that felt really, really intense to me. Like my body knows this feeling, right? So yeah. it's like, oh my goodness, it's, it's wild. But, but in regards to like the gut, if we are 
tiptoeing around people's energy. If we are people pleasing, if we, if we have like leaky boundaries, like leaky boundaries equal leaky gut, right? It's like, we have to, we have to take care of our nervous system because if we don't, then exactly that it's, it's stuck on this kind of fight or flight loop because that's maybe all that it's ever known to, to stay Mm -hmm. safe and to stay alert and ready to run based on what you've endured in your life. And then over time, that just contributes to gut dysfunction, gut issues and hormonal imbalances. Cause when our body is running on cortisol, we're not, it's not producing adequate progesterone, which is like our feel good, you know, um, hormone. It helps keep us like juicy and relaxed and calm. Like the irony is that we won't produce progesterone, but we really need progesterone to feel calm. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, and then we end up with like estrogen dominance and then the gut is very connected with estrogen dominance and, and all of these things. So it's like, if we are just running on empty essentially and running on high alert, like it's only a matter of time before the thyroid, the adrenals, our, our hormones and our gut, they start to go. Yeah. They're just like depleted. Cause you've just been running on, you're literally running on fumes. Yes. Um, boy, <laughs> boy, does that ring true to my little body, uh, <laughs> and my experience in, you know, healing. Yeah. Um, you mentioned, I want to cover a a couple of things before we, uh, with the last bit of time that we have, first of all, this is sort of a side note, but I always, I had, there's a Facebook group for the podcast. Um, and, uh, as much as possible, I, I post right before interviews and I go, this is the topic. Like, are there any questions that, well, you know, in case there's something I might not think of. And I had a guest post this question. I don't know if it's not, a, I, I guess it's a question. They they are a chronic, not healthy eater. Um, and then they were like, when I try to eat healthy, I like, I had a salad and then I, my body feels terrible. Yeah. What is that? <laughs> um, it can be a bunch of different things, honestly. So, um, it could be like more fiber that the, their body is just literally not used to. So what, if you just increase fiber, like rapidly, if you eat like no fiber and then you eat a lot of fiber, like you'll probably feel bloated and gassy. Um, it could be a histamine thing. It could, it could be really many different things. I would say what we see in our clients is they'll feel, um, they'll eat one meal on one day and they'll feel totally fine. And they'll eat the exact same meal the next day and they feel sick. And that's just like, it's, it's a deeper gut environment issue. Like at that point, it's not the food, right? It's, it's where the food is entering. So you can have this like kind of swing in symptoms that then just becomes like more, more consistent. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I think there's a couple different reasons for that. The first thing that comes to mind is the fiber. And then there's probably just some, some other, um, gut imbalances. (laughs) Like, obviously it's so unique to each person, but, uh, I was just going to say your gut instinct, which is hilariously punny, but like, um, would the instinct be like, I mean, like your instinct, if you, if someone said that to you, I mean, obviously the solution isn't like, we'll never eat that again. Right. But, but like, how does someone, is there an easier way to transition into like having healthier foods if you're having this kind of reaction? Yeah, totally. I would, I would also say salads are like kind of hard to digest. Like they're, they're like lots of raw leafy vegetables that that's going to make honestly a a decent amount of people bloated. So you want to stick to like cooked foods. Like, can you roast some veggies? Can you, if you're, if you're very, very new to this, like 
add a couple roasted veggies to your pasta. You know what I mean? Like slowly start to add it in versus jumping into like a huge salad. That's like raw vegetables. Um, cooked foods are going to be easier to digest. Like have, that's have like chicken soup with veggies in it, you know, yeah. um, you can lead, you can lead into it. And I think that way you'll actually stick to it too, which is like the most important. Yeah. Cause you won't be like, holy shit. I, yeah. this hurts. <laughs> or or um, like, this, I don't like this, you know, it's yeah. like, like, what are you already eating? Like, if you are having eggs and bacon for breakfast, I'm like, cool. Like, can we, can we add in some avocado? Can we add in some like sauteed spinach? Can you eat it with some fruit? Like, we don't, we don't need to like, there's That's other everything. ways that we can do it as opposed to completely swapping what you're doing. Yeah, like 180 Right. It's, it's not going to work for most people. Most yeah, people. That's not sustainable. They're going to see it as a diet and they're going to see an end date to it. They're going to say, yeah. oh, I can do this for a week, but nothing is going to work if you only do it for a week. Right. So it's yeah. like, I want you eating food that you actually enjoy. So cool. You like chicken noodle soup. Like, can we take the noodles out? Can we put rice in it instead? You know, it's like, what are some other easy swaps that we can make? So you're still eating foods that you like. And like, I have a, I have like a digital cookbook and we've got like pancakes and we've got pad thai and we've got like pastas and all of that in there. Because Yum. you really should enjoy the food that you're eating. You literally digest your food better when you enjoy what you're eating. So wow. Yes. Yeah. So there's no need to force eating like celery stalks if you don't like them, you know. <laughs> <laughs> My mind was just blown at the you digest better if you enjoy. That's wild. Yeah. The body is so smart. Like food should be an enjoyable experience. Like we want to smell our food. We want to prepare our food. We want to. Like we've gotten so disconnected from this because we're just like busy and, and we're like, oh, I'll just throw something in the microwave, right? But it's like before the microwave, like we had to prepare our food. We had to put some intention into, into that, like smell the aromas. When you literally start to smell your food, your digestion starts to kick on. And Oh, it's like warming up. It's, it's like preheating the oven, but for your digestion. Yeah, essentially. Before, you even, before you even swallow anybody. It's like your brain starting to go, oh, okay, we're, we're going to have a food situation. Yep. And um, you, and you can tell, right. You walk into like meet your friends at dinner and it's Italian restaurant and you smell the garlic and you're like, I'm hungry. Like I'm ready to go. Are you go. ready to go? And that's why if you smell something that you don't get to eat, your stomach starts being like, what the fuck? Hello. <laughs> I, I know what's out there. Your brain's like, we prepared for food. Where's the food? Yeah. Um, you feel hungry, right? Like you're, it'll kick on. Yeah. Oh, that's so, it's like one of those things where like, oh, of course, but hearing it explained that way is like just really interesting. Yeah. So you mentioned before, and we're almost out of time, but, um, insulin crashes, mm -hmm. I guess I want to talk about, uh, like we talked about leaky, like leaky gut as a concept and how insulin crashes can be a big, um, factor in, in some gut issues. I know you obviously have your, uh, like, um, highly sought after healing, healing guts and shaking butts program. And that's like a whole, you know, dive in thing, which is available and it's for everyone listening. All of this will be tagged in the show notes and obviously please go take care of yourselves by, by, you know, looking into these programs and joining, but are there some easy, like simple tips for people to, uh, you know, reduce insulin crashes or, or build up their gut lining? Yeah, absolutely. So when we are, you know, looking at like optimizing nutrition, blood sugar balance is like nutrition 101. So we, we always want to look to balance our blood sugar because it's going to influence everything. Like you can't balance your hormones without balancing your blood sugar. Your energy is going to suck. Your sleep's going to suck. Like it's like start here. So this, this stuff is really, really juicy stuff. So 
we want to essentially not go too long without eating and we want to pair the right things at a meal. So we want to make sure that each meal has carbohydrates, good protein, fiber, and healthy fat. That's kind of like the combo, right? So we run into issues when we eat like something I say is like no naked carbs, right? There's nothing wrong with carbohydrates. Your thyroid needs them. They're delicious. They're lovely. We like to keep them in your energy needs them, but we just want to make sure that we're balancing them or else carbohydrates are going to kick up your blood sugar response. And then when it goes up really high, it crashes really low. And when it crashes really low, you get hangry, right? You're like palming, whatever you see in the fridge first thing. Yeah. And you're just like, I'm, I'm like ready to rage. Like and you're you have no regard for like, you don't even you're eating. You just grab the first thing you can. Exactly. And like, we've all been there. I mean, me included. Oh, yeah. it yeah. happens. You have a long day, whatever, but that's when you sit at the restaurant and you're like, I don't even care. Like, give me the bread basket. I'm going to eat the whole thing. I'm not even hungry when my meal comes anymore. Yes. And, and then it's, it, that's not like super conducive to like just living a healthy life. Right? Surprise, so, surprise. <laughs> so you're working against your own biology in that situation. And that's not what we want. It doesn't have to be that hard, right? We just want to make sure that we're like balancing our meals efficiently. So protein aiming for like 25 to 30 grams of protein at every meal, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and then getting in some fiber, fiber you'll find in fruits and veggies, nuts and seeds, different grains. So you're going to get some in the carbohydrates and in, in the other like components of the meal. Um, but I like to just put it in its own, its own thing because it's important to get enough of. And then, um, yeah, good protein and then enough healthy fat. So like avocado, nuts and seeds, olive oil, avocado oil, coconut milk, things like that. Fat is really great at kind of, um, helping the body feel actually satiated. And also it doesn't have a big impact on our blood sugar levels, but like the, the best is protein. So the best thing to like really balance out your blood sugar levels and actually like help you feel full is protein. Um, and, and a fullness that feels like good, not like a gassy, I ate a bunch of like leaves fullness. Yeah. <laughs> you want like this, like a sustainable grounded fullness, right? So you're going to get that mostly from protein. So it's like looking at your meal, And it's very simple. Like once you get it down to this day, when I make a meal, I'm like, okay, here's my fiber. Here's my carb. Here's my protein. Here's my fat. I'm good. Like that's, that's how I teach my students. And that's how I I live my own life. And you can make it work when eating out. Like if you're eating out, you're like, cool, I'm going to get this piece of salmon. I'm going to have some broccoli on the side. I'm going to get a baked potato carb fiber, veggies, you know, protein, I'm good. Like you can make it work with Mexican food. You can make it, you know, work really wherever. And that is what we want because then you'll actually do it. <laughs> like, yeah. So you can, it works with your life. And that is important because that's when it's a lifestyle and not just like a diet that you hopped on for 30 days. So yes. that's really important to me. Like, I never want to teach anything that people are like, I literally cannot do this anymore. I can't or, live like this. Yeah. I can't live like this. Like, You're like, not- it's just full meals, basically. It's like, <laughs> right. Exactly. And, it's not like trendy and it's not, well, I guess blood sugar regulations have gotten kind of trendy lately, but glucose it's not goddess. Yeah. I follow her. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it's, and it's, and it's good. It's good information. And, but it's not keto. It's not like only eat 12 almonds. It's not like you can only eat fat, you know, it's, it's just like, Hey, like make sure you've got a little bit of everything at each meal, especially protein. And then really making sure that you are, um, not going too, too long without eating, which I see a lot in women too. Just, you know, usually like the three and a half to five hours is kind of like the sweet spot for people, but okay. we want to avoid like, oh my gosh, I'm eating in six hours. Right. Cause that's when blood sugar starts to drop cortisol goes up and you're just like, 
ready to eat whatever you is in front of you. And then also it's, it's kicking on those stress hormones. So that's literally causing anxiety, right? Like you are, my sister used to struggle really badly with anxiety and panic attacks. And she like always had to have a snack on her because she thought she was going to pass out and all of this kind of stuff. And I worked with her to help her regulate her blood sugar. She's like a completely different person. Like she doesn't need snacks. She's like her, she has fewer panic attacks and she really doesn't have them anymore. But it's that hangry feeling, that dip, right? It kicks on like the stress hormones, the, the panic, and it can almost mimic feelings of like disorientation and anxiety and like even like wow. um, rapid heart rate, you know? So it's it's really, really like essential to, op- to optimal health. Wow. Okay. Well, on that note, before we go out, what does that mean for like is intermittent fasting? When people yeah. Talk about that. Yeah. I'm not a huge fan for like <laughs> menstruating women. <laughs> like I think that the, the menstruating female's body wants to have a baby, like whether you want to or not. And like, you can do whatever you want. I'm, yeah. I'm but happy. to keep it, it's optimal health. Exactly. Like it's kind of like, Hey, are we safe enough to get pregnant? Are we safe enough to carry a child? And in order to do that, we have to, the body has to feel safe. It has to have adequate fuel and storage, right? So we'll run into issues with that. If we lose too much weight, we'll run in, into issues with that. If we don't eat enough food. So I am not a huge fan of it. Um, I see it cause anxiety in a lot of people. I see it kind of contribute to like dysfunctional eating patterns with a lot of people kind of like hidden under the guise of like, Oh, I'm just intermittent fasting. And I'm kind of like, yeah, but like, you're not eating enough. Right. So, um, I don't love it. I, but I, I am a fan of like just a gentle 12 hour fast overnight. You're probably doing that already. Like it's like 8 PM to 8 AM waking up with breakfast on your nightstand. You're probably (laughs) right. Oh God. Right. Yeah. But I do like people to eat within like an hour of waking. Like if you can, if you can eat something within an hour, an hour and a half, I'd say it's like, um, that's ideal. And if you, if you have like bad PMS and and hormonal symptoms, like this is going to change, change your life, getting 30 30 grams of protein, like first thing in the morning within that hour of waking, do that for a week and then message me on Instagram. (laughs) Okay. I will. Cause my, on the, uh, the PMS and the, the issues, my ears definitely just perked up and I'm going to ask one more question before we get out of here. And for a lot of us, this will seem like a silly question. Like if it, um, but in case there's someone out there, I, I highly doubt anyone listening, this even applies to, but just in case someone's going, okay, well, you explained what, what kind of foods are fiber. You explained some fats. I know my carbs. What do you mean protein? Cause we yeah. didn't technically give examples. So just in case there's someone who's like, like a powder and they just have no concept. What are some like good examples of protein? Yeah, absolutely. Um, protein powders can fit the bill there. I love a good protein powder. Um, I think it's easy. It's easy to like add it in. I'm a big fan of like a good morning smoothie where you toss in a protein powder and get 20 grams. Cause it's just, there's no excuse. You've got the five minutes. You can make the smoothie. Yeah. Um, I know we're all busy. So I'm kind of like, what's the, what's, what's the easiest way to get this in truly. Yeah. Um, and other examples, like any animal protein. So like chicken, beef, turkey, salmon, whitefish, shrimp, all of those are going to be protein. Like if you looked at the label on the back, they would be mostly protein, okay. not yeah. really no, no carbohydrates and probably some fat in them, depending on it. Um, and then you have plant-based sources too, like tofu, tempeh, um, you know, soybeans and then nuts and seeds. Nuts and seeds are like really primarily fat. They're, They're not more fat. Yeah. 
protein. Okay. People will be like, oh yeah, I had some peanuts. I'm like, no, no, no. Like that's, that's just fat basically. I mean, it's going to give you like one to two grams, which is better than nothing, but truly the, the, the most protein dense sources are going to be animal proteins. Okay. But, um, you can get in some good plant-based proteins too, if, if that's, you know, kind of more your vibe or important to you. Okay. Eggs as well, right? Yep. Eggs. Okay. Yeah. Um, just in case someone was like, what about eggs? Uh, I was like, I already knew that. I love eggs. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, this was awesome. Before we get out of here, um, where can people find you or, uh, you know, what programs can they check out? Plug all your stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm pretty active on Instagram. I would say, um, that's a good place to kind of connect and I'm always in the DMS and I'm always doing like live trainings and answering questions from the community and all of that. So my Instagram is Hannah Ilward HHC and, uh, we'll make sure that that's it somewhere. It's all tagged everywhere. Whether you're watching this on YouTube or you're listening, uh, go to the comments or the show notes. You'll see all of this. It's a wonderful yeah. way. Selling it is a little, it was a little funky. So it's, it's there for you. Um, but that's a good place. And you can also connect with us on my website, which is just hannahillward.com. Um, and then, you know, if you're, if you're someone who's like, I'm super resonating with all of this, like deep gut work, like I have not been able to get the help that I need and I'm on the struggle bus, then we'd love to have you inside of healing guts and shaking butts. Um, we open the doors up a couple times per year. So best way is really to just connect and, and we can hop on a call and, and make sure you're a good fit too. So we want to make sure that everyone that wants to come in it is a good fit um and then we also have for you a free quiz so we've developed a quiz that you can come up come on over and take and it's really going to help you identify your underlying root cause so it's the quiz is called like what's my gut health root cause and i built this out and i'm so proud of it <laughs> That's video. So, that is where you should be that sounds awesome <laughs> There's like video content, there's help and there's next steps and suggestions and all of that stuff. I had so much fun putting it together. So I know that it can be a little overwhelming, right? So you're kind of like, but what's, what am I dealing with? Like what's, yeah, going, like what's on? going on here? Yeah. So this quiz I think would be, um, it's, it's a great option. It's totally free and it comes with a, a handout of information based on, based on your results. So yeah. Oh, awesome. I will make sure to find the proper link to that. That will be in the show notes for for all of you. Uh, so go check that out, check out the program. If you're ready to really like make that change and go follow Hannah. Uh, and thank you so much for joining us today. This was really awesome. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. It was a blast. Yay. All right, everyone. I'll talk to you later. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. That concludes this week's episode of Ignorance is Blessed. I hope you enjoyed the guest. Do you have follow-up thoughts, follow-up questions? Get in the Facebook group and start a conversation. Ignorance is hashtag blessed idiots on Facebook. You can search for it or find it on my Facebook page, facebook.com slash JMS comedy. There you can have a chat about this guest. You can ask about future guests. You, you can suggest future guests. I love it all. Please keep giving suggestions and keep asking questions because the more we ask, the more we learn, the more we know. And the more we know, the more we can look down on others who aren't as smart as we are. And isn't that the point? Thank you for listening. And thank you for being patient with my ignorance. See you soon, idiots.